Hello, you chasers of excellence. Patrick here. Uh, this week we have a conversation that Ben and I actually recorded before everybody went into their house and stayed there. Um, we'll be back next week with a, uh, a more timely episode. But for now, please enjoy this three by three. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. As always, I'm here with Ben. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you, Patrick. Today we are returning to our 3 by 3 which is when I present you with three topics, and then you've got to give us your three hot takes on each one of those topics. Hot takes. So today we're going to go. We're going to dive into three supplements that every CrossFit competitor should take, Mm. three ways to develop trust, and three exercises or movements to do that won't show up in regular CrossFit programming. Okay, let's rock and roll. Let's do the last one first today. Okay. Three exercises or movements that you would recommend folks fit in at some point, in some way, to some degree, but that aren't going to show up in regular CrossFit programming. Okay. So I'm going to mean this as like regular gym affiliate slash main yeah. site programming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because well, what we would consider classic CrossFit programming. Okay. Um, I'll start off with some. Uh, bipedal or single single leg movements okay um so besides pistols Mm -hmm. we don't see this a lot a lot of people can't do pistols and very rarely they show up in affiliate level programming doing you know we are bipedal we are like when we unless we're driving off the line as a football player um most of the stuff we're doing is with one foot at a time yep I think doing some single leg stuff would go a long way for a lot of people's programming. The one I would probably start with is a single leg Romanian deadlift. Mm, okay. Done by anybody. The idea behind this is you stand on one leg, that one leg, bend the knee just slightly, maintain that bend in the knee the entire time. The other leg swings back behind you as you lean forward. Mm-hmm. You could hold a barbell. You could hold no weight at all. You can put your hands behind your ears. You could hold a dumbbell or two dumbbells. The loading doesn't matter as much. Either does how far you're going down. Mm-hmm. The idea behind that is you're keeping your hips square. The way you keep your hips square is by keeping the trailing toe point at the other heel and that you're getting a good stretch through the posterior chain, the hamstring of the planted leg while maintaining your midline. Mm-hmm. So don't try to reach down far. You're just going to lose your midline. Mm-hmm. So that'd be the first one. Okay. Would be um, a single leg RDL essentially. Um, another one would be some sort of bent over or seated row. So in the global gym, you know, you sit down, you grab the little um, handle thing and you pull the cable towards your chest and mm. it goes back yep. to back. The yep. seated row. Yep. Um, we don't have that option in most CrossFit gyms. So some sort of like bent over barbell or dumbbell row. Mm-hmm. We don't do a lot of weighted um, horizontal um, upper body pulling. We do plenty of vertical with pull-ups and muscle-ups and the like. Um, and we do some unweighted one with rowing, actually rowing machine yep. stuff, C2 rowing. 
but very rarely do we are we building strength in that plane of action. Mm-hmm. That'd be another movement I would add in. Plus, get you a good back, good buys, good shoulders. <laughs> like, why would you not? Yep. It's probably my favorite favorite <laughs> movement. Um, and the third one, which doesn't show up in most affiliate program, it certainly does in um, competitive athletes, would be more plyometric or sprinting work. Mm-hmm. So explosive, but no. Olympic lifts are great and certainly has a, a huge place in regular CrossFit programming. Um, but besides like box jumps for reps in a workout, yeah. which is more of an accuracy thing. It's we think of like box jumps, um, to 20 inches or 24 inches, the standard, that's not an explosive thing mm. as much as it is an accuracy thing. Yep. What you're trying to do is not jump to 30 inches because it's a waste of effort. Right. You certainly don't want to jump to 23 inches because <laughs> that's yeah. not going to end up very well either. Yeah. So it's like how... How can how close to 24 inches can I jump every single time? Mm-hmm. As opposed to literally jumping for your max height. Mm-hmm. It's a very different neurological um, system that's firing, um, similar to sprinting. We certainly do plenty of workouts with 200 meter runs in them, yep. but very rarely are we running 200 meters as fast as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, it's a very different system when you are doing it for m- speed, than you are for stamina or endurance. So um, those are my three. Sprinting or plyometrics, uh, single leg movements, probably start with the RDL. And then uh, third would be some sort of horizontal rowing, bent over row or seated row. Would you, would um, would like lateral work of any kind fit into that plyometric yep. bucket? Absolutely, yeah. So plyometric could be anything from like quick start and stop to yeah. explosive movements, even something like a 5-10-5 agility drill could fall into that. Um, and uh, people get a lot of... Um, CrossFit gets a lot of um, rap for not doing enough yeah. lateral stuff. Um, the reason for that is CrossFit is the training program for your sport. Yeah. Your sport has plenty of lateral stuff. Now, if you're not doing another sport, that again shifts the focus to something else as well. We have to replicate sports a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Let's do uh, three supplements that every CrossFit competitor should take. Okay. So there's a uh, that's cool that you classified it as competitor because that matters. Yeah. It does. Um, so the first one for me would be um, creatine. Mm. Um, creatine is one of the most widely, if not the most widely studied supplement on the market. There are no known side effects. Now, there are people that have certain intolerances, just like there's no perfect food or anything for anybody. You, some people can't eat eggs. Some people can. Some people can't have dairy. Some people can. But across the board, there are no side effects of um known Mm -hmm. um, side effects of creatine yet the benefits are massive Um, of the olympic summer olympic athletes i think that 90 it's north of 95 percent of summer olympic athletes do creatine Mm -hmm. because it involves it helps so many sports besides essentially the marathon and these super long distance track athletes which they're just trying to like avoid body weight at all costs even if you're looking to get leaner you should, um, or lose fat. Creatine is a good vehicle for that. Now, again, some people experience some sort of bloating. Some people get headaches Some people get cramps, whatever it might be. Um, if that's the case, just stop mm-hmm. a couple small things about creatine. You don't need to load it. They used to say, if I take 25 grams, the first five days, mm. there's no, the loading things has been kind of debunked. You don't need to load it. Just 
five grams a day, every day. You don't, meal timing doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. be before your workout, after workout, during workout. It can be before bed if you want to. The timing does not matter. Um, and also what you take it with doesn't seem to matter either. They used to say you have to take it like with grape juice because <laughs> um, it's like a high glycemic and yep. it, it, that doesn't seem to matter either. So um, creatine is what I would definitely recommend as the number one. The number two for a competitor would be um, carbohydrates. Mm. It's really hard for people to get enough quality carbohydrates. I shouldn't say people. High-level athletes to get in our sport to get enough carbohydrates. We are glycolytic machines. That is our sport. We live in the glycolytic pathway, meaning we're burning stored sugars. Carbs are sugar. We can't get enough of those without really horrifically getting a horrible diet. Mm. So if you want to get enough carbs in your body without supplementing carbs, you need to get like Skittles and Pixie Sticks. And this is what Marshawn Lynch and these athletes do. The better way to do that is just get a better source of carbohydrates and supplement with it. What it means is before, during, and after your workout, you need to be taking in more carbs. Mm -hmm. You can withstand about 60 grams of carbs per hour um, before you kind of experience bloating, and mm-hmm. that's what happens with these Ironman athletes: is they get they you actually can't digest anymore because they're trying to take in too much. Their stomach gets distended, and yep. so on. So, um, sixty grams of carbs an hour is a lot. Yeah. You know, you do that for <laughs> two or three hours, you're good for the day for yep. most people. So, um, yes, like our athletes do oatmeal and bananas and dried fruits and a lot of other. Um, um, rice vehicles to get more carbs in their system, Mm -hmm. usually it's still not enough. Mm -hmm. And they need something during the workout period. If our workout training sessions last two hours, you need to take something Mm intra-workout. So if someone's going to do some strength and then a Metcon or two afterwards, that's usually about an hour and a half to two hours. They need something else inside of that. So it's interesting because when I I think about just the word supplements, I think about, or don't think about food. (laughs) Yeah. Which is funny. What but think about but like, what like vitamin C is. That's, yeah. Like if I said vitamin, it's like vitamin C is just something that's found in food. Yep. So what we're doing is we're taking the creatine is found in food. It's in red meat. Um, if it wasn't for athletes, I would switch out for protein. Mm. Most people have a hard time getting in adequate amount of protein yep. for to sustain um, um, like muscle growth. Yep. So you're supposed to be getting in somewhere between on the very low estimate 0.7 grams of um Protein for pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. If you're a 200 pound athlete, that means you need 140 um, grams of protein. Now that's at the very lowest end, and for a lot of people, that's hard to get in. Yeah. Now the medium range of that is somewhere like a pound per. Mm-hmm. You know, some people would say maybe that's on the high end, but that would be 200 grams of protein. If you're talking about like a a, a big size chicken breast, that's about 30 grams, 35, maybe 40 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. That's five of those massive chicken breasts throughout the day. Yeah. You know, if you're eating three or four meals a day, you're not going to get it. So mm-hmm. you need to supplement with something else. Right. Okay. So that's two, right? That was two. The third one would be caffeine. Caffeine, caffeine is a performance enhancer. You will work out better. Mm-hmm. Um, it improves your focus um, and lowers perceived rate of exertion. Now, the, the, the caveat to the caffeine one is you build up a tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do... It does not doing anything for you and there could be negative side effects. So what you need to do is only take the caffeine around your workout time. And then when you're not working out, try to um, back off. So you're creating the sensitivity to it. Yep. Um, if you have been having three or four cups of coffee a day, every day, it's not working for you. You have a tolerance. Yep. I mean, you have a yeah, tolerance. Um, 
What you need to do is back off. And what we're looking for is somewhere around 150 to 200 milligrams of caffeine before you work out. Too much is no longer performance enhancer. It actually creates the jitters yeah. and maybe something else. Um, that's a, and, um, that's a negative. So what we're looking for in general is that people have between 150 and 200 milligrams of caffeine a day period. Yep. And they're only doing it before their workout sessions. I feel like we've talked about some somewhere in the past, you were having athletes kind of go off of caffeine for a while until competition time mm-hmm. and then bringing it back. Is that, did, am I making that up or is that no, something that, could, that, that is that, actually, that would, how it would be working is a really good performance enhancer. Yeah. Got it. The idea behind that is simply most athletes have built up a tolerance. Yeah, to that's, it. yeah exactly. And that's the whole idea behind that. Uh, most athletes are having, you know, their cup of coffee in the morning, then they have their second cup of coffee in the morning, <laughs> you know, then they have one maybe before they work out and then they have the one at the two o'clock in the afternoon and maybe at uh three 30, four o'clock. And it's like, if you're at that point, every cup of coffee has somewhere between 120 and 400 milligrams of caffeine. So there's these really potent blends. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I've looked it up. Um, if you go on starbucks.com, you can look up the, the, um, it's some, I think it's like one of the dark roasts or something yeah. like that. Yeah, dark um, usually. has like, I think it has almost 500 milligrams of caffeine. So if you have one of those a day, like you're yeah. done, you're, right. you're, I mean, you have no sensitivity whatsoever. Right. right. Okay. Our last one today is three ways to develop trust. Intentionally like, vague. Yeah. Like I'm not giving you yeah. too many constraints right. here. Oh Just my gosh. Trust yeah. in general. How to build trust. <laughs> uh, lots of hugs. <laughs> that do it. Rainbows and ponies and unicorns mm-hmm. and lots of feel goods. Um, I think trust is the foundation of every single strong relationship. I think it is the foundation of leadership. I think it's the foundation of coaching. I think it's the foundation of parenting. I think it's the foundation of everything that we're trying to do good in the world Mm -hmm. stems from trust. Mm -hmm. Massively important. Here's a few, because it's such a big thing. I'm just going to talk about this in big terms. Um, But the first one would be transparency. Mm -hmm. Um, What I mean by that is like, let people know why and what and how things are going on. So the more, what happens is when people don't communicate, that's what creates the stories in people's heads and the rumor mills and amongst groups and dissension and pockets. And the opposite of that is transparency. Mm -hmm. If you let everything known from the beginning. So, um, when, um, when we at CrossFit New England, when we decided to go from ACH, um, that is, um, uh, you know, ACH is what we ended up with credit card, credit card to ACH. ACH. Exactly. Thank you. When we went from charge bills, credit cards to ACH, which is charge bills, um, bank accounts. Bank accounts. If we didn't talk about that at all, we just kind of kept it to the vest. There would be a lot of dissension. Like, why the hell are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, th- like, um, I get points on these. Man, I'm not bringing my voice. And like, all of a sudden, members would talk to members. But like, and it would cause this big ripple effect, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of trust. Instead, we were completely transparent with the reasons behind it. We told them exactly why we were doing it, when we were doing it, and how we were going to do it. And the whys behind it are simple. It's going to save us $30,000 a year mm-hmm. by doing this. All of a sudden, we communicate that with them, and we told them, with the savings, we're going to buy a whole new fleet of air bikes at the time. Mm-hmm. We've since moved over to C2 bikes, but we had air bikes for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, failed experiment. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the motive was correct. Yeah. And people, when we, and we also said we're going to hire a new coach. 
So what we said is with this savings, this is what we're going to do. And the motive, and it's all transparent. All of a sudden, it's like, what's there to be pissed yep. off about? Yep. And now there's so much trust because it actually leads to the next time you make a decision, they don't need as much information. They go like, they're going to do this for the right reason. All the others. If you don't do it, they don't know where the money is. Is it because I want to be able to take my family on vacation? I want to be like, and imagine like, here's the weird thing. Imagine if I we do that, someone finds out it saves us $30,000 and I roll up in a brand new sports car the next day. Mm-hmm. Now what are people thinking? Yep. Like, holy crap, you can see how this can spin either which way. Transparency builds trust, like lean into it massively. Um, number two would be um, buy-in sucks, but everyone's looking for it. So don't try to create buy-in, instead co-create. Mm. If it's collaborative, they're bought in. Mm-hmm. They trust it. They understand it. Now, it doesn't mean everyone needs to get a vote, just everyone needs to get a say. So imagine if we at home with my... With my kids and my wife, if we just, my wife and I just decide like, okay, what we're going to do is um, every single night, um, everyone needs to do their own dishes and we put in like three other four policies in place and we come in and say, this is how it's going to go. What's the chance that they're going to be like, yes, let's Mm -hmm. do that. But instead, if we were like, hey guys, we're trying to dot, 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 total transparency. We're trying to create this um, system to allow us all to have more time so we can watch TV at night. Mm-hmm. Like, And what we need to be able to do is get things done faster so we have that extra half hour to watch Lego Masters. Mm-hmm. What do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they go, well... I'll do the dishes and it goes, I'll clean up the living room. The other one goes, and what we could do is like, we make sure we get like our PJs on before dinner time. Like all of a sudden it's like, everyone's got their piece in creating this system together. All of a sudden now that it's collaborative, you don't need to get them to trust you. It's already there. Don't try to create buy-in, which is the same thing as trust. Mm -hmm. Instead, just Mm co-create. We did this when we created the value system that we have at CF&E. I came with a, Idea was about 30, 40% baked. I said, here guys, what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking these are kind of who we are, what we stand for. I'd like for you guys to help me define these things and figure out this is the right thing. And we took about six weeks to come up with what we came up with as our final definitions and how we were going to hire, fire, reward, um, and review every single buddy person in the system. And now when we do it that way, they're like, yeah, this is what we all... Because it's ours. It's, exactly. It's yep. ours. I love that. Um, and the third one, which probably the, the most important is, um, consistency. Mm. It's the action, speak louder than words, never break a promise. Um, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking so loudly. Like we could talk all these other things. Like we're going to co-create. I'm going to tell you guys why we're doing this. But then if I break a promise, you know, kids, we're going to Disney world. And then we don't go to Disney world. Mm -hmm. They're like, what the, what the hell dad? Like, I can't trust dad. This goes the other way too, which is what I've learned. And we've talked about this. I don't know if we talk about on the air, but um, on the air. On the air. That's yeah, oh my that's, God, you yeah. like that? That's rolled that's up. nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, had to call that out. I was like, what the hell was that? Um, which is the other way, which is follow through. Like consistency is mm-hmm. follow through. It's yeah. like doing what you say. You want to create trust with your kids. When you threaten yeah. them, you have to follow through. And man, I... I would have been a wuss at this if I didn't marry Heather. Mm, she is, oh my God. It's, the idea is like, um, 
Um, Bodhi, if you don't stop that right now, you're not going to be able to watch your iPad this weekend. You're not going to be able to do anything with the iPad this weekend. And he does it right like the iPad goes away and he doesn't get to use it Mm -hmm. that weekend. And now it's like the next time that a threat comes out, like it's for real. Mm -hmm. Like they know it's for real. Mm -hmm. And she acts on the really hard ones. Sometimes they come out of her mouth. I'm like, don't use that one. Like, like if you do that, you're not gonna be able to go to Matthew's birthday party. Yep. Like, and he, and he does like. Bodhi doesn't go to the birthday party. Yeah. Now, it doesn't usually happen now because there's this, this he, he feedback loop system because yeah. he believes it and he acts on it. Yeah. So that's kind of the negative version of creating trust, but that's what trust is, is I yeah. believe you're going to act yeah. on what you're saying. Yeah, that's interesting because that was going to be a question I asked you is I wonder, because it feels like a, you and Heather, I think, often have conversations about like this, which is like, well, what is trust? Like, what is, like, how are we defining this word, especially given that it is so important? Like, I wonder if you, do you have, like, maybe you just answered it without, without doing it on purpose, but like, do you have a definition of trust such that like, you know if it's happening or if you've got it or if you've lost it, or is it a feeling? Um, I, it's definitely a feeling. Mm. It, it's, it's a, um, you know, Simon Sinek does this so well with the, the, it's the, the limbic brain versus the logic. It's like, um, you get this gut feeling. It's built into your DNA. We're like, hey, this guy checks all the boxes. He's yep. got the great resume. He's saying all the right things. But man, there's just something in my gut that doesn't feel right. That's trust. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You can't, none of us can define exactly what trust is. Define love for me. Right. You can define actions that yep. show love, you yep. can, like we just did with this. Yep. But you cannot say this is what trust is and, yeah. because it is this in it's this guttural feeling. It's emotional that we have no words to actually describe. Yet we all know it. Mm-hmm. When somebody is like around you and you, you trust them, you know how that feels. When someone says something, you know they're telling the truth. You know how that feels, and vice versa. You know the opposite. When this guy's checking all the boxes, but there's just something sketchy about him. If if that's the case, act on your gut because it's not lying. It's built into yeah. thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands of years of like evolution yep. to keep us alive. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That is three exercises to do that probably won't show up in your CrossFit program. Yeah. Three supplements that every CrossFit competitor should take and three ways to develop trust. Thank you, Ben. See everybody next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.